2: NFL Podcast. Thanks, Cliff Kingsbury has a sexy voice. Huh? Welcome to
3: another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I am joined in a room filled with some heroes, Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Yo. Hey. We are back in California after spending the last previous four days in Phoenix, Arizona, at the Arizona Biltmore Resort, the site of the NFL annual meeting. And um, we're going to get into what came out of that, including a surprise rule change that's going to have a big effect on the 2019 season. Uh, on Monday show, of course, Freddie Kitchens you heard from, Sean McDermott. Well, today, in an interview we did over the weekend, you're going to hear from Matt LaFleur, the new head coach of the Green Bay Packers, not to mention... What a, another packed show, boys. Uh, Aditi Kinkabwala, NFL Network's own, really plugged in on the ins and outs of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We had a nice conversation with her about the state of uh, the Steelers, the locker room, and their
4: uh, present and future. And, and there's some fun interact, you know, a different vibe between her and Mark, too, I thought, which was interesting. It was a lot of interpersonal mm-hmm. um, play, and uh, it was a deep dive into the Steel City. We, You know, we go into the fish tank. We've uh, we've been in the raven's nest, and mm-hmm. this was, uh, I don't know, going into the steel mills? We're in the it? steel Yeah. It was, well, hey, get to work, Eric. There's
3: a new drop to put together. It's the steel mill. <laughs>
1: Can't wait. Sounds exciting. That sounds
3: exciting. Yeah, that sounds fun, because you get to pour the molten uh, stuff into the metal thing, whatever they do with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I deal in coal, so I don't know what's happening in <laughs> the steel mills. Uh, Wes is barely alive. He took a Z-pack and uh, and combined that with some fun living, uh, so he's recovering uh, at a decent pace, Mark, under the weather, he meets Freddie Kitchens, he squabbles with Aditi, and now he's not here on, on our show back. Uh, so we hope to have Mark back soon before he leaves for a big trip to South Korea. So there's a lot going on. What, this, what is happening That's right an now? understatement. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's that's well said and well put, and nothing else needs to be said. All right, here we go. Let's get into it. Um, oh, and also – Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about the breakfast um uh what are they called what is the coach's breakfast coach's breakfast uh greg you check that out and have some takeaways on that but let's start uh with the news that's what we do he drinks a gallon of milk every day
0: for strong bones yeah and i think it's uh the milk that's not pasteurized either i think it's right out of the (laughs) teeth
3: Wow. Jay Gruden, Redskins coach on Colt McCoy, who just had a second uh, surgery on his leg that he broke uh, last Thanksgiving, I think it was. Uh, was it Thanksgiving? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess he drinks, uh, wait,
4: how much? A gallon of milk and it's unpasteurized straight out of the what? Right out of the teat. <laughs> you know, everyone's got a John Gruden impression, but Jay Gruden is, is underrated for the way he... Uh, like defines each word so clearly. I love it. And he had the
3: greatest um, he, in the co- annual coaches <laughs> picture, which now we're down to about 14 coaches that get their picture taken. I don't know. Somebody's got to ramp up the attendance of the demands for that. It's a, the, it, Somehow – Belichick's led to anarchy by never showing up, <laughs> and now everyone else is like, well, if he doesn't do it, I don't have to. The, the photo of Jay, and I can't believe that this was the best photo. I guess 17 other guys were blinking. Uh, he's slapping at his uh, his thighs with with his hands, like the classic move where you oh you have a moment of panic. Where's my keys or my cell phone? And that's <laughs> that's Sean McVay or, That's uh, Sean, Jay Gruden, Jay Gruden in, in the uh, in the team picture, the coach's picture this year.
5: The past year really taking a hit here. He's taking
3: heat. <laughs> he's taking heat. And what is what is Jay saying? I mean, we'll save it for the milk podcast. But I mean, the milk we've been told for decades, centuries, even, uh, you know. That's good for the bones. It makes you grow. And here, here's Colt McCoy, who's basically on injured reserve every four, you know, every four starts of his career.
5: Erica, how do you feel about being forced to drink milk?
1: Forced to drink it. You see, you know, Wes, it's funny. It's funny. I don't know if I've ever gotten to tell you this, but when I when I was you know younger, my mom. She, she'd put a whole glass of milk at the table and I couldn't get up from the table until I drank the entire glass of milk. What? And even, even when I came home from college, I would be home from college and my mom would be like, you can't get up from the dinner table until you finish your milk. And apparently I told Wes that story five different times in London. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it has
3: scarred you. Was, Was it fresh? whole milk? Was it fresh out of the tea? Actually,
1: it, no, um, not up until college, high school. Yeah. deaf. um, college. No. Out of the tea. Yeah.
5: Gross. Wait, really? No. Oh, we have to save this for the milk podcast because I know Mark. <laughs> I mean Mark more like strong. the non
4: pasteurized Yeah. Mark
5: no. believes that like nobody over the age of three should drink milk. So we have to save this for the for the podcast. Mark also believes no one should eat <laughs> right
3: over the age of three. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get to the big big uh, story that came out of the owners meetings. Uh, the the owners voted on Tuesday night. They they locked the doors and brought in boxed food for owners. That's how serious this was to approve a rule proposal that allows for offensive and defensive pass interference, including non-calls, that are now for the 2019 season as a trial balloon, but that usually gives way to, you know, full-time rule, uh, to be subject to review. Coaches can challenge those calls in the first 28 minutes of each half. In the final two minutes of each half, those calls will be subject to booth review. Owners pass this 31-1. to Uh, The Cincinnati Bengals, as is their way, uh, we're the only team to vote <laughs> no. Greg, you, you mentioned you've been doing this for 15 years, and this is just...
4: its It always uh, used to be 30 to 2, and Al Davis and Mike Brown would right. vote against the rules, and now it's just Mike Brown.
3: So coaches will still have two challenge flags, only now they it's open to uh, both calls and non-calls. And um, Greg, we'll start with you on this. Uh, to me, I thought this was great, and I think it was a, obviously a direct... Um, reaction to what happened in the NFC title game a team got essentially robbed of a chance to go to the Super Bowl and that being the Saints of course on a a no call and this happens it's I I mean there's
4: no way to deny that if that play doesn't happen this doesn't happen no because it was Sean Payton leading the way and I think it's something because I believe this rule will stick in some form I think it'll wind up you know, being tweaked over the years to improve it. Cause there will be issues, but Sean Payton was getting back slaps. He was hugging with Gail Benson and the other coaches and owners were saying what a important job he had and kind of leading the way Mike Tomlin was part of it. Bill Belichick was. And I think that's cool. Cause I think that's a unique thing about the NFL over the last 50 years. They're always looking for better ways to improve the product and improve fairness. And yes, there's going to be some issues that come up with this, Uh, But ultimately, I think you want to get the calls right. And as the technology keeps improving, this was always a bit of a blind spot in the review process. I like that they're not allowing the amount of challenges that you're allowed to take to go up. So coaches are still going to have to be careful what they do and what they don't challenge. But why not try to get the call right? Why not try to prevent situations like that from happening again. I, I think it's a great thing. And I'm shocked because we entered the weekend hearing the owners didn't have much of an appetite. It was the coaches coming together, really 32 to nothing. They voted on a proposal and some owners like Jeffrey Lurie who were frustrated with a lot of these entrenched old school owners who have now been around for a while who didn't want to make any changes saying we got to try to be better. Let's not uh, let what's it what is it best be the enemy you know, better be the enemy A good like they're going to try to improve it and they're going to try to improve it even more maybe after this year.
5: I am staunchly opposed to all extra work stoppages in sports entertainment. This will have more stoppages in the game, and what the NFL really wants to do, what they've said they want to do, is have fewer stoppages. So I don't like it on that count. That was the main ownership argument. Right, and I don't like it on the count that it's going to increase controversy. It just is, because pass interference is a controversial call. And when you take the time to review it, the fans on the losing side are going to be Teed off every Sunday night, every Monday morning. This is going to keep going on. And I think the heart of the problem with the NFL's replay review system is it's in the hands of coaches, and it should not be. They have a worse viewpoint than than referees on the sidelines. There should be one game official who works for the NFL assigned to review egregious calls every game. That's the way you fix replay, not by giving coaches who are control freaks more chances to have work stoppage.
3: I like that. I like that there's not an added challenge, so there's it's not they're not adding um, more opportunities to stop the game. I like that in the inside the two minutes, it's basically it's folded into the way the system is already set up. And listening uh, to Troy Vincent, uh, the EVP for NFL, who's in the middle of a lot of this, um, he's saying, "Listen, people are worried about hail marys. What's going to happen with hail marys? There is not going to be a situation where." You're going to see the booth... Come down, or or the game stopped on a hail mary at the end of the game, unless it is something absolutely blatant. That's what they're saying. They're they gonna they're saying the officials are going to there's gonna be an exercise in judgment not to let this go crazy and haywire.
4: And I think that's important to this too, to not to not go nuts now and over legislate it. You're right, West, that it can't be touch calls. I mean, it, it can't be these 50-50 fifty fifty ones. Right, but coaches are gonna go.
5: They're gonna throw flags for touch calls, and that's against the spirit of replay as it was instituted
4: in the NFL. It was instituted for egregious calls, clearing... But then how do you prevent the egregious mistakes on PI calls? Like, like I, I said, have one
5: official who works for the NFL who can stop play at any time for an egregious call. That's how I would fix
4: replay. And I think, I predict that will eventually come to pass I agree. as the solution. I, I agree. That's the thing is that I think the time, like I think the time aspect will be improved over time. Maybe they can put a shot clock on right, it but eventually. But thats I'd rather take the short-term hit of making the game better uh, for the long-term but game. You, but I don't think it makes the game better. I just don't. I think you can fix this
5: without doing it this way. Like I said, with you take it out of the coach's hands, and then I'm on board.
3: You also have to see how this plays out. It's going to be an experiment. And, for instance, you're saying... Coaches are going to be throwing the red flag for things that could be perceived as ticky tack. If they're going up the challenge and shooting it down, that will happen. Yes, but if as the season starts playing out, let's say that is happening, and every time they challenge something that's ticky tack or borderline, they get voted down, they're going to stop throwing the flag. Because no, because
5: they've been doing this with the catch roll for years. Like they throw, they throw ticky tack stuff. And like I said, Mike McCarthy did it twice in the first five minutes of game, where it was you know could have gone 50-50 on a catch. And it was like for four yards.
3: This is the stuff you can't allow coaches to do. But what I'm what I'm saying is if it becomes a situation where they're uniformly getting shot down, that's eventually that's on the coach and that's and they lose the challenge. But I think there will be a learning curve uh, as long as they're I think the only time you really should reverse it is if it's something that's blatant. Because that's think about what happened with the Saints and Nickel Roby Coleman. Could not it can't happen again. That's why this happened. Everyone was in agreement that it can't be deciding seasons and fates and, and fan bases' hearts cannot be shattered over something that is so horrendous is what happened. So, I'm again, this is a one-year trial balloon. And if it doesn't work, maybe they will either drop it or try something different. I don't think it's a bad thing to try it.
4: And I- the coaches need to be better. I mean, I agree with you, Wes, that part of the issue is the guy who's upstairs – Calling, you know, for, it's ultimately not the coaches who are calling for replays. You know, the majority of the time, it's someone upstairs. They need to be better. They need to. They don't give do them a, enough time to be better. They need to be a well. That's that's part of it. Is you have to make a split second decision and decide whether it's egregious or or not. And like I think that can be improved upon. But this they get is, out of their hands. This is something that's been why raised coaches for years. Why do for the
5: coaches need to have
3: this power in a game? Let's hear what Roger Goodell had to say about it.
5: But it's, you know, replay has been an important tool for us. And, you know, it wasn't able to correct something that we wanted to have corrected in the past. Uh, I think that, to me, it was a driving force. Ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, I think our clubs, including all our coaches, owners, and everyone else, realized that our job is to get these right. And we should use every available means to get them right. And replay is a great means to be able to do that. Will this solve every problem? Will this get us to perfect? It was the old saying, right? Don't let perfect get in the way of better. And, and this is a, a very natural evolution and, and obviously a very positive thing.
4: Me and Raj are on the same page there. There you go. <laughs> did, you, did you write his comments? I don't know. No, it's I don't know. So I'm on the side of Raj and uh, Wes is on the side of Mike Brown. I, I mean,
5: like if things. you cared about integrity so long, why did you have a catch rule that made no sense and messed with the integrity of the game? I just like the integrity also, word West, bothers
3: me. In the past, you have lauded the NFL for seeing things that are flaws in the rules and not being afraid to take chances and try to address them. That's what they're doing here.
5: Absolutely. The, I have said that in the past. What I think is the difference here is I think they have the wrong solution here. I think it's wrong, and I think they're putting themselves behind the eight ball. You know the saying in politics, nobody ever sacrifices. If you give somebody power, they're never going to give it back. The more power you give to Congress or the president, it's going to keep snowballing. Yes. That's how I think replay review is going to be. But Here's the thing.
4: like The replay hasn't evolved that much over the years. It's It has a little bit now that there basically is someone in New York that's assigned to each game that's ultimately in charge of the reviews. It's not you know it's not the officials that are there. It's someone in New York. And so it's slowly gotten better, but it hasn't nearly caught up to the incredible advance in technology that we've had, uh, the incredible amount of cameras that are at these games. Like The NFL has to start catching up on that front and you hope that this puts a little fire in them because I think it can be better. Like, I just think it's, as Sean Payton put it to all the the owners, and the, like, we're not trying to split the atom here. This shouldn't be that hard for the NFL to figure out. And I do think it get a lot better than it's been. Make the game faster. That's all I have to say. All right. Uh, other
3: rules uh, that didn't go through the NFL owners reject the onside kick alternative uh, proposal. Uh, we talked about that with Ian Rappaport on Wednesday's show, the idea that the. Uh, team trailing has the opportunity to maintain possession of the ball, a fourth and 15 from their own 35-yard line. And in lieu of attempting an onside kick, uh, shot down, and um, John Mara, the co-owner of the Giants, uh, found it gimmicky saying, what are we, the arena football league? (laughs) That's fair. There, I get you, uh,
4: and also he's the same one. I think that was very against the the replay changes initially. <laughs> yeah, uh, one another uh, vote that did go
3: through the league owners' vote to eliminate blindside uh, blocks and uh, NFL football operations on Twitter. Um, stated that one-third of all concussions on punts are caused by blindside blocks. And the NFL has done a lot of work to try to make the game safer. Maybe not, you know, NFL doesn't get enough credit for, they really have made, in my opinion, a concerted effort in recent years. Um, this one seems like a no-brainer. If one-third of concussions in their studies is connected to this, well, get rid of it.
4: And, they, and they've started to, over the last few years, certain blindside blocks, and now they're totally off. I think that... That one was a home run. I would have liked to see the fourth and fifteen concept. Uh, it was fun, but I get—I I totally see where Mara is coming from on that. They, there was also some thought of doing it at the twenty-five. You know, the AAF I think actually does fourth and twelve from the twenty-eight. So there's different ways you could do it. I think that would have been one that would be worth a shot because I think it would be exciting. And I think, okay, yeah, you haven't done it in the past. You haven't done a lot of things in the past. The two-point people thought the two-point conversion was like heresy, and now it like you could love it.
5: You can call any rule you don't like gimmicky.
3: Right, I mean, that's just the way it works. It would have been fun. Uh, Jordy Nelson has reached the end of the road. Uh, he's turning 34 years old next month, uh, or in May. Uh, re- recently released by the Oakland Raiders. He ends a career that, um, for a period, um, especially over about a five-year span with the Packers, he was in the conversation as a top-five wide receiver in the league. Tremendous success with Aaron Rodgers. He finishes his career with 613 catches for over, over 8,500 yards and 72 touchdowns. West, there was an ACL tear in there that took away a year of his prime, and he faded, obviously, very quickly. Uh, not a Hall of Famer, but one of the best receivers of the decade at his peak, right? I
5: think there was a five- to six-year span there where he was the best boundary receiver in the NFL. Hmm. One of the best route runners in the NFL, the best back shoulder receiver in the NFL because he had a mind meld with Aaron Rodgers, Hmm. and he was a red zone weapon and a deep threat at the same time. He was one of the best all-around offensive players in the NFL for a five to six year span.
4: And I think when you look at Rodgers' struggles last year, maybe you could even say the last two years, relative struggles. You know, part of it is losing that mind meld with Jordy, and Jordy not being the same, and James Jones and Greg Jennings in that group. My, I was talking to Michael Cohen, who writes for The Athletic, and he was saying how, you know, Rogers would sometimes call audibles in games uh, for plays that they hadn't had in their playbook for three years, and that you know that would that's the type of thing that would drive Mike McCarthy crazy. Uh <laughs> but it was a type that. of thing that you could pull off when you had Jordy Nelson and James Jones and Greg Jennings and these guys that all they were they had been running this offense for so long together that he could play that sort of schoolyard audible or change it to a play that they hadn't run in forever because these guys all knew it and they were a great like group and then once that group kind of went away Rodgers can't do that sort of stuff anymore Ring of Honor dude. Oh yeah. Not a hall, not a Hall of Fame guy though.
5: No, Hall of very good Packers Ring of Honor. That same. That sounds right.
3: Uh, in other news. So- better
5: career. Greg Jennings or Jordy
4: Nelson? I'm going Jordy. Jordy, Jordy was better at his very peak.
3: I think. Yeah, I agree. For everything you said, Wes, he was a monster when he was, you know, before the ACL, tear. he even won Comeback Player of the Year after right. he came back. But he was kind of in the decline at that point. Leading into that ACL year. He was like, on
5: top of the – yeah. He
3: um, was one of the best
5: in the game. All right.
3: Um, Rob Gronkowski, obviously, over the weekend announced his retirement. His (laughs) agent, it's a funny story, uh, um, Drew Rosenhaus, that same day, and he's there, he spent the entire weekend in and around um, the hotel where we were in the lobby. And, in fact, there were multiple times where I was just maybe sitting outside or he was always talking to somebody. You could always hear him talking about Gronk and you know, openly discussing. Well, you know, maybe he'll come back. And he, he went on. He went on a media tour and said the same thing. That he wasn't necessarily convinced. Uh, but Greg, I'm. I'm just wondering if this gives you. Uh, pause slash hope that Gronk could still be lining up week one for the New England Patriots. Oh,
4: no, not week one. Because I think... Or week eight or the week, week the 12 way it or whatever. was framed, it was like, okay, maybe they're in a playoff run and they give old Gronk a call. But uh, Rosenhaus also said when he, he presented a plan to the Patriots, or he wanted to Gronk, where essentially, hey, what if I present this to the Patriots where you, do, you don't have to show up till the middle of training camp or who knows, maybe even later than that, see what the Patriots think. Gronk wanted no part of it. He was definitive right now in what he thinks. He is only 29 years old. I don't know. I, I've said it on the last podcast. I love the way he walked away. I wouldn't want him to come back like that, but I'm, I'm sure if they needed the help and he starts rumbling down the field, I'd change my mind. Like, he's
5: never taken <laughs> the first three months of the season off and sh- just showed up for the playoffs.
4: He just did it last year. Oh, please. I mean, he's out there getting... Dan had him retired in November. I mean, he was getting he was crack. Done. He's out there for 60 snaps uh, getting cracked back blocks in the back. <laughs> you God. tell him he's taking it off. It was, was an amazing block. No, I'm That's... saying he's getting crushed by defensive players who are taking shots at him. So whether I was producing or not, it wasn't fun. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. How dare you come after his honor? Belichick is notoriously hard
5: to predict. How do you feel he would handle that request? Would he? Is he so much of a team builder that he would say no? Absolutely, I think not. You have to be he would have there. Done. Whatever. Okay.
3: Um, <laughs> all right, boys. It's gronk. Uh It is now time for Golden Moments, presented by McDonald's, introducing the Big Mac with bacon, cheesy bacon fries, and quarter pounder with bacon at participating McDonald's. Mickey D's for a limited time only Uh, is it the best thing to happen to McDonald's classics
4: or to bacon yum who doesn't like bacon you're all the way back You're back in we got that free that free you know biscuit the other day you know now I'm back in
3: yeah especially if it's free Erica absolutely get us some uh, of these let's milk this a little bit let's milk this teat yeah (laughs) Um, all right so uh, the golden moment was Tuesday morning at the breakfast, uh, coaches breakfast, Greg, you were boots on the ground. Uh, what are some takeaways you had from? That mm, breakfast A var- variety. Should I just like power through these? Yeah, because I had a couple. About each? I had a couple too that are just from you know reading around. Okay, you don't
4: hit them. I'll hit them. I'll go I rapid fire. Got. Number one, Zach Taylor, not getting a lot of publicity. I really like this guy. Tell people who he is. He's the coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> I thought he was a sitcom star from the '90s. He also. <laughs> I he's know. The drummer. Of every Hansen. once in a while, I have to like recheck what his name is because I have this mental block that yes. he's Zach Robinson, who is this random quarterback in the NFL. He also like looks like a it guy. Doesn't that's, help that the Rams just hired Zach Robinson to take his place. Oh, that that maybe is part of it. And like he's, yeah, he looks like he's just going out to play 18 at the local, you know, kind of, you know, municipal course. Just right. like a regular guy. But I really, he seems really comfortable in his own skin. I think he was being genuine when he talked about the amount of talent that's on that Bengals team. It's it's not that bad. And he just seems like a guy after speaking to him, being around him, that is Going to be captivating for the players. I think can be a leader and I think hasn't gotten a lot of pub. Was impressed with him. Frank Reich talking up Devin Funches really struck me. I, I, I was sitting next to Frank Reich and man, he is convinced that Devin Funches is going to be a huge part of that offense because of his footwork and his uh, route running ability. That stuck out. Andy Reid, when asked who's a leader on their defense, was flummoxed. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Tyron Matthew was the first person that he mentioned. Simon Matthew hasn't, you know, practiced. That was that was that was it. That stuck out to me. And then Kings, King, Cliff Kingsbury, he's in a tough spot, but you know, he, he has to speak in a time where he, he really can't say anything. But when he's asked about Kyler Murray to compare him to someone, he literally says, I don't know if there's really another comp in NFL history that combined the running ability of a Michael Vick, which I think he basically has, and a true drop back passer that I think he's one of the great, he said one of the great dual threat players of all time. That's what he, I mean. So to me, it's like, who is he saying that his, Kyler Murray. And his eyes are just lighting up. And then he's asked about Rosen. And he says the things that you have to say, but it just, it's like, you know what, what are we doing here? You know, I, I get it you can't you can't declare it but well, it's we like- talk to people that
3: are, that are in and around the the owners' meetings everyone knows it that yeah this is what's happening the, the, Kyler Murray is their quarterback and well
5: let's wait and see if it happens. I feel, I feel it's like it's just ninety ninety
4: five percent, but when yeah, it seems hard, awfully high to me. It's hard not to read into these things when when he he literally was asked about what, Whatever happened to the rule that you don't trust anything you hear about the draft for the two months leading up to the draft? That's fair. I mean, and then he's asked about Nick Bosa and Quinn and Williams, and he had a, like an eight second answer. <laughs> Seriously, it was he was just like, "Oh, those guys are game changers."
3: Speaking of Ki- <laughs> Kingsbury, uh, at the meetings, he uh, told reporters. That he will implement, implement a plan to keep his players' attention, a practice that he used at Texas Tech. Cell phone breaks, that's what it is now, Kingsbury said. They're itching to get to those things. Mm. <clears throat> uh, I think coming from co- the college ranks, obviously, those young men, it's got to be quick hitters, 20 minutes at a time. Give them a break and get them back in. Wes, your thoughts?
5: You know, when I worked for the post office and I worked at a law firm in, in downtown Cincinnati, I was always flummoxed by this ability of random smokers to just take breaks whenever they wanted. That always, I'm totally it never with made you. Sense it to not me. fair. But cell phones
3: make make sense to me. Like, if you're going to allow smoke breaks, you definitely allow cell phone breaks. <laughs> yeah. Like, you had this, <laughs> this habit, this addiction to nicotine, and it allowed your workday to be, like, 30 to 45 minutes shorter than the person that abstains from smoking. Good point. And then you
5: come back on the elevator, and the whole elevator stinks. Because you've been smoking out there with all your good-time
3: buddies. Ricky puts down two packs a day, so she's, you know.
1: <laughs> no, it's so frustrating when I was waitressing. The bartenders or a waitress, yep. they would take their smoke breaks, and it's like, we're in the middle of a rush, and you need to go out and smoke a cigarette for 15 minutes? What if, what if I was like, no, I'm going to go stand outside for 15 minutes? I'm not leaving you in the weeds like this. It's ridiculous.
3: I don't really know too many people that smoke anymore, but... Uh... It, it, there is still a, a sizey portion of the population
1: and they all have chips on
5: their shoulders like don't tell me what I can do with my body and it's like well, you, do you, you just ignore all the science on secondhand smoke and the fact that your clothes and hair stink and now I stink because you do but you don't have
3: freedom to do that Wes is right but if you're a listener to the podcast and you smoke cigarettes that's cool man just
4: cool. in moderation just, yeah Acknowledge secondhand smoke as a thing that exists. I do like this, like idea of Kingsbury as kind of like the millennial, you know, whisper that he's going to come up with. Doesn't it seem a little plays. on the nose? Right. No, but it's it's not a bad idea. I, I it's fine. It's funny, Larry. Fitz, Larry Fitzgerald. Everyone's going to be doing this in. Five Larry Fitzgerald years. was talking about right. Exactly. Larry Fitzgerald was talking on the Mina Kimes podcast uh, how how that's like one of the biggest differences that you know. It's kind of like a cliche thing for an older guy to say, but just that. It's true. Everyone in the locker room is on their phones, uh, uh, you know, and so it's like a different vibe. But it is, you know, it's just life's life changing. You, th- you just got to recognize it. Well, you got to roll with it. Don't fight
3: against. Yeah, it. Yeah, but you know, all we ever talk about on this damn podcast is how Bill Belichick is ahead of the game and the Patriots do things smarter and better. Do You think Bill does this? What do you think Bill thinks about a guy's needing to get Maybe to the phone a few every years. twenty minutes? I
5: think there are um, psychiatrists or psychologists. I always get confused on which one to use when. Right who have told Bill Belichick this is a smart thing to do. I think the I think they have told all NFL coaches this is the way it's going. You'll get more production out of these players if you allow them to use cell phones.
3: Um, what else, Greg? What else did you hear? Those are really the top else? ones. How about Bruce Arians on Gerald McCoy, his superstar defensive tackle, or is he? He's owed $38.4 million over the next three years of his deal. He's been floated around as a possible trade candidate. And Arians, as he so often is, was candid when asked about where McCoy is uh, in 2019, he's not as dis- disruptive as he was four years ago. He's still a good player. He, if he if he's here, he's our starting three technique, no doubt about that. Uh, Arians continued, "Would I like to see Would I like to see him more disruptive? Yeah, we can use him. If he's here, he's going to be used a bunch. It's just a matter of what happens."
5: There's like an unwritten rule among NFL. Coaches, that you don't talk this way about a veteran player, a respected veteran, unless you really want him to take a pay cut
4: or trade him. I was thinking it was maybe you're like, not going
5: to say that his production's declined. If you're, I, if you're, if
4: you're, I was just thinking he's like, hey, come at us with the draft. Give us a, give us a third. We'll give you a seventh. And, we'll give you this guy who's no longer and, disruptive. Right, that sort of doesn't make sense because he is—he's a solid player. He's I did, still good. I did remember one other thing, which is yes. when I asked Andy Reid. It's, I just went to the coaches that had the few—after Kingsbury, I just decided to go to the ones with the fewest people around him. Uh, Taylor only had two, so it was just three people there. Uh, Frank Reich only had two or three. And Andy Reid, surprisingly, only had a, mm. a couple. Uh, and so I, I, one of the things I asked Andy Reid was, you know, like having a guy like Mahomes with that much, like, raw talent, like does that get your you know juices flowing? Because he's pretty good at, like, staying ahead of the curve when the season starts. And, and he said, yeah. And he's like, he's like, that's just, that's what I love doing. I'm a teacher. He's like, if, if I was your English teacher, I'd have you, you know, primed up and ready to go for your next article. And I kind of read into that, that he was say he, he knows, he knows us from doing the podcast. He was saying, I'm kind of like the Patrick Mahomes of, of writers. Oh, I, I see that. Uh, see, that's where my mind is going <laughs> as well. Uh, what was Andy's plate? Just out of curiosity. He wasn't eating. He didn't have any in front of him. anybody eating openly the 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 coaches that I was I sat in here did not bother. I think some of them went and they got the food afterwards. you know they get in there, they're shuttled, it's a lot, and then the yeah. the, the little breakfast bar is still open for thirty more minutes all right, so do students <laughs> still
5: still take a class called English? Of course, yeah, it's not called something else.
3: I believe it's English class it seems still, but I, I'm a English uh, yeah, I need but... to I have young young children, and I'm like twenty years out of high school, so I'm not the best person to ask, but I think it's probably still a thing. we would have heard about it.
5: <laughs> just feel like it would but be the, called communication or something else but no.
4: alright just just a question That's I mean gold. English language has been getting it done for a long time you gotta stick with it
5: but you learn to speak it by the time you're one so you don't really need a high yeah, school teacher like, to well, teach it's like you like well it's like
4: reading books you could call it literature if you wanted but it's kind of all encompassing
3: yeah lit lit's a thing lit Right
4: class <laughs> those are golden moments uh, presented
3: by McDonald's and that gorgeous new cheeseburger with bacon um, alright as we promised, here he is, Green Bay Packers coach Matt LaFleur. All right, we are very excited to have a new head coach, the new head coach of the Green Bay Packers, Matt LaFleur. Welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. I appreciate you guys having me. Mm. We like to kick it off with a little rave music. <laughs> Does this match your sensibility as a man at all? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, right off the bat... Um, You are a rookie head coach. Rookie mistake. You show up. You are very dressed up for the owners' meetings. Andy Reid we had here last year, and he wore, like, an open Hawaiian shirt and khaki shorts. Um, You are well-dressed. Are you going to rectify that in the future, or are you going to show up other coaches by being the best-dressed coach at owners' meetings? What's your angle here?
2: Jason Mm -hmm. Waller's definitely set me up for for this. So it's
3: (laughs) it's all his fault. All right. The Packers PR got you there. So, all right. Here we go. You... Have a great history with football, but it all started with the Omaha Beef of the oh. National Indoor. Oh. League. <laughs>
2: Take us through your time with the Beef. That was very, a very, very interesting experience. Now, what league are they in? Uh, I don't even know if that league still exists. <laughs> it it was is the was Indoor Football League. That's correct. The okay. NIFL. And you were the quarterback? Yeah, I was more of the backup. But uh, I got a, a few opportunities to go in there and it's run around.
6: What's the uniform uh, look like when you're the Omaha Beef? What was the, the color <laughs> it was breakdown? black and orange. Okay.
3: Do you remember that Lady Gaga dress you wore at the Grammys like five years ago? It was just all meat. It was like a oh, meat yeah. dress. Did, yeah. oh, yeah. Maybe something like that. Okay. I can imagine. We did have the rump roasters as the, uh, <laughs> the dance team. Really? <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> so awesome. now you're in a slightly more high-profile position as Aaron Rodgers' is head coach. Well, I mean – is that – Rodgers is a living legend, essentially, uh, in Green Bay and one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Is there is there any level of intimidation walking into the job when Aaron Rodgers is the guy?
2: No, more excitement. I mean, yeah. to have a guy to that has that ability. I mean, these jobs just don't come open. So I'm very excited to get it get that opportunity to work with him
6: when you become like the green bay packers head coach do you suddenly have like is your phone blowing up like is brett Favre reaching out to you saying welcome to town and stuff or or, or no brett
5: Favre
2: i'm no still brett. waiting on that one okay.
5: <laughs> come on brett pick
6: Wait, up the
2: phone
5: when you watch uh go back and watch what aaron Rodgers did last year do you see a guy you're still confident i've got the best quarterback in the nfl
2: yeah his he's certainly got all the talent and i just again it's looking forward to that opportunity to really sit down and get into the football component and, uh, you know, try to teach him our system.
3: You have some history with quality quarterbacks. You were um, QB coach of Matt Ryan his MVP year, uh, Jared Goff, uh, Marcus Mariota, and now Rodgers. You've had pretty good luck, uh, or you've been surrounded by some really high-level quarterback talent, but really nothing at this level. I mean... Is Rodgers the type of guy? And I know last year was a big disappointment uh, for everyone involved. But is Rodgers the type of guy where you,
2: anything's possible because we have that guy in the building? Yeah, you feel really confident with when you got a guy <laughs> at that yeah. of that caliber at that position because we know that is definitely the, the, in my opinion, the most important position in all of sports because they got the ball in their hand on, on every on every play. So um, certainly it's not just about aaron Rodgers, though it's about our football team and i think we've got a lot of pieces there to work with that um and some young pieces that we're really excited about moving forward
6: is there one coach that
2: you've been with in the past that prepared you more
6: than any other to become suddenly you're a head coach it's like the job is completely different than anything you've done before who prepared you
2: um you know you take pieces from all the guys that you worked with but being in L.A. with Sean uh, for one season and, and being so close to him and watching him implement his culture into the Rams, uh, I, I certainly took a lot from that experience.
4: I, I noticed during the combine, because you talked about, you also worked with Kyle Shanahan, of course. You were on his staff with Sean McVay. But, you know, a lot of people got to know you You know, when you were with the Rams. I, I kind of noticed, though, you sounded a little competitive in terms of the age that you said you were you were better you were uh better looking than you are old, like like that you're Whoa, <laughs> like, old thank you <laughs> like like you're not as old as you look that you're grouped with these younger you know coaches, but it was almost like kind of a quiet flex that actually no I just look young, these guys are young yeah am yeah. I reading that correctly yeah,
2: you know, I'm a month older than Kyle, so uh, <laughs> but I've got seven years on Sean, so. Uh, yeah, he's still the baby of, of of the coaching. Are you competitive
4: with those guys, like, in other avenues other than football?
2: Always. Like yeah. what? Jeez, uh, I mean, it's hard to pinpoint just one thing. Um, but any time we get together and we start doing anything competitive, whether it's playing cards or, or what or whatnot, uh, certainly we're all going for each other's throats.
4: Like hair, is that something? There's a little <laughs> bit of a disagreement <laughs> of, like, who's so, got yeah. the best
2: – yeah, I mean, I feel like I've stepped up my hair game since I've been, become a head coach. That uh, looks good. Thank um, you. Greg, you're <laughs> making Matt uncomfortable. Um,
3: <laughs> let, 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 me, let me ask you, we play a game here. It's called They Say. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're not saying it, but other people, they say it. They say, yes, you have Aaron Rodgers, and yes, you did a nice job building up that defense from uh, Mike Pettin. Uh, with the big signings of free agency, but they say you guys are not doing enough to build around Rodgers with offensive playmakers in free agency. What do you say to those people that say that? How dare they? First of all,
2: <laughs> well, hey, you're not going to please everybody. So yeah. um, I think Goody and his staff did an awesome job going out and getting some some uh, you know key players for us, and it really opens up the draft for us, you know, as as an entire football team.
6: Or, you know, when it comes to Goody, like, is it annoying when media people call him that when we don't know him? We saw you that as h- a
4: question like during the combine. Someone called him Goody and that just seemed a little A little
6: presumptuous little to go with the nickname if we have no relationship oh, really with really familiar.
2: Him. Well, pronounce his last name.
3: Goodykunst. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. Uterkunst. laughs> it's easy. People don't know how to do it. Uh, it says here, we did some research. You were a substitute math teacher mm-hmm. in local high schools and uh, also a graduate assistant at Saginaw Valley State. Hmm. Is that right? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind of right. I once got a 39, 39 in a state mandated uh, math test in high school. Does that, I mean, could you possibly respect me less? Because you're a guy <laughs> with a math background. Does that change how you think of me a little bit? No, I, I oh,
4: that's think, cool.
2: yeah, I think. The world to you.
4: <laughs> not, not, wow, that was
6: very.
0: That genuine. felt real. It's,
6: it's unconfirmed <laughs> that he thinks about you at all, but that,
5: you know. uh, I had a question about Aaron Jones. Should we expect to see him featured a little bit more than he's been in the past?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited about him. I, I, but I think any time at this level, you better have multiple backs that can can uh, you know carry the workload for you because it is that is a pretty physical position and. Um, just kind of like what we did last year with with Tennessee, and and then going back to um, Atlanta with you know Devonte and Tevin Coleman. I, I think you're at your best when you when you can rely on multiple people at that position.
6: I mean, the Packers fans for so long had the same offense with with Aaron Rodgers. What would be different? It what would be in a, in terms of identity or what you'd want to stress? What would be different this coming season?
2: Uh, I, I just think you'll see a lot more condensed formations, probably more motion than than you've seen in the past hmm.
4: the, when we dan asked about free agency was part of that equation that it was a little less active in terms of the skill position almost like a vote of confidence in the guys that you have there especially like the the rookie receivers that had pretty good production uh, you know for guys drafted a little i later. didn't
2: say that they said that they said yeah that. yeah, yeah. Oh, actually you did oh, okay <laughs> go ahead no uh no certainly when you watch the tape those three young guys and then you combine them with a Devonte Adams I mean you're pretty excited about what you got to work with right there all right it's time mm. it's the crucible it's all the speed
3: right. round it's the lightning round whatever you want to call it it's real vaunted you ready I'm scared there we go <laughs> Matt LaFleur let's hit it Ricky best movie ever gladiator last movie you saw in a theater my remember. armor. <laughs> uh, the last episode of Sopranos. Did Tony die? Yes. You say that with certainty.
2: Yeah, I've never watched that. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: Is the podcast industry worthy of respect? Absolutely. Best decade for hip hop. Oh, it's got to be '90s. Yeah. Ooh. DMX. Netflix and chill, or a hot night on the town. Netflix and chill. Worst demise, a submarine catastrophe or a grizzly bear attack.
2: It's mm, a tough one. We have to go grizzly attack.
3: Ah. <laughs> okay. Uh Cardi B, overrated, underrated, properly rated. Overrated. Favorite. <laughs> like <it. laughs> Fa- T- don't
2: favorite. Like it.
3: Favorite athlete growing up.
2: Ooh. Uh Michael Jordan. Best bar food. Cheese curds. Interesting right. choice. Like
3: nice that. Like that. Beer of choice. Uh, Miller Lite. Who will sit on the Iron Throne? <laughs> do you know what the Iron Throne is? I do not know what that means. <laughs> His face just went ashen. <laughs> Greatest meat product? Uh, filet. That's right. Yeah, no, Does life I, exist
2: I, beyond our planet? Probably.
4: Mm, okay. Good answer. There we go. I like it. Coaches are open to worlds outside of our own. That's what we've learned. All I right. agree.
3: I think the answer is probably.
4: That is the right answer. <laughs> <end>.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. There we go, Matt. Thank you so much for I joining us. It. Best of luck to you. Hopefully you and Aaron are like best friends. You know, some people say he's tough to get along with, but I feel like you're a guy that's <laughs> going to have Aaron Rodgers unlock great relationship championships. It <laughs> feels like something that could happen. Absolutely. All right, Matt Lafleur. Thank you very much, and good luck in the upcoming season. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Thanks for having Thanks, me Thanks, Matt. On. All right, there goes Matt. Uh, what do you guys think about Mr. Lafleur? He gave
5: some. He gave some good answers. You know, I think Greg has said that the Green Bay media, you know, they're not sure about him yet if he's going to be boring. I thought he did give a few interesting answers.
4: I, I think he's and you see this with younger coaches sometimes is gonna learn on the job in term that the media part of it is part of the job he has said openly so i'm not putting any words in his mouth that he does not like that part of the job and i think he's trying to in situations like this w- warm up to it but it's tough you don't want to you don't want to get all those you know green bay's not it's not new york but it's also kind of a big market in terms of football just because you have 30, 40 people there. I mean, they're covered as the most important thing in town. You don't want all those people against you right off the bat if you start out one and three.
3: Yeah, I think he's, um, you know, there. and it's when you're a first-year coach, I think the experience, even the owners' meetings and going through the car wash, that's probably all different. I know he has history in his career as a, a coach going back years and years, but he's still a young guy. Um, I'd be interested to see what he would be like in year two compared right. to year one. Exactly. Um, but uh, it
5: really hit home when he said, "He, I guess I'll have to get a big get back coach, like he's never had one before." You know, the he's inexperienced just
3: the baby. It's a new era in Green Bay. Uh, also, as we teased, Aditi Kinkabwala. We wanted to talk Steelers. We wanted to talk her relationship with Mark Sessler, and we got all of that. Let's listen in. Here from the owners' meetings at the Biltmore. And we're joined by a woman who's never been on the show before. And you know what? It's overdue. She's NFL Network's own, Aditi Kinkabwala. Welcome to the Around the NFL podcast.
1: Thrilled to be here. <laughs> I'm wondering why it took so long to invite me, but um, I'll try not to hold Yikes. that against all of you.
5: That is some but music right with gravitas. I know,
1: seriously. <laughs> It was the music that was kind of throwing me.
3: Yeah. Welcome to the show. Yes, it is overdue because, um, for a lot of reasons, but we thought that the opportunity here at the Boatmore to get together and have a conversation, and the team that you cover many teams for NFL Network, but the Steelers, I don't think anybody in our building knows as much about the Steelers as you. How about... You know like double the amount of what anybody else knows, <laughs> yes or no? Well
1: but that's not always a good thing. I mean Dave Damashek liked me more before mm. I mm. knew as much about the Steelers as mm. I do.
4: But is Dave Damasek liking you a good thing? Well, like, you know, necessarily is it necessary.
1: <laughs> my husband actually my husband is a lifelong Steelers fan. He sat on the season ticket wait list for twenty one oh. years. This year one day he said to me, You have ruined it for me. Mm. And I said, well, "Well, sorry, root for laundry bugs." Why do you know like, too much?
6: Ne- are you dropping like negative insider bombs on him? That just, just reality,
1: right. you know. Like I think part of fandom is not accepting the truth. It's this idealized right. image of my such and such is this, my such and such is that. This is what happens inside a locker room, you know. Well, I mean, and you just, imagine it to be something. And just but that's before not you reality. came
6: on with us, you were your your husband uh, lovingly with his <laughs> with your child tried to call you and. <laughs> Do a face little FaceTime yeah. and you sort of just gave him the big
1: old Heisman. You just gave him well, a little bit of a little bit You know what? Let's a little a little accurate okay. here, since I am in the business of reporting facts. Hello. First, there was a FaceTime. My child was on the FaceTime. Then I was very loving, yes. and I said, baby, I need to... Mama needs to do something right now. Can I call you back in 10 minutes?
6: Oh, then the second call came in. And then the second
1: one came in, and I thought I made myself very clear when I just said, (laughs) I'm calling you back in 10 minutes. It's very human. The second one was the husband, who is 35 years old. Well, he's 35. He should know better. The tone
4: was different, and you're sending a lot of messages. The 10 minutes (laughs) is kind of a subtle, (laughs) passive-aggressive, like, keep this thing short. A lot was going on.
1: Has everybody here been married? I mean, not you, but everybody else has been married longer than me. Have we been?
3: currently 2012 here. We're all in, like, the 5 to 10 years your range
4: i'm at 12 speak for yourself okay 12
3: and the tone that you had with your husband is the real tone of a husband and wife when they're not putting on any type of show for anyone so
5: that was very
1: important it's important to be authentic
3: well i don't think i have to worry about that (laughs) all
5: right (laughs) well all right as long as
1: you don't think less of me i mean let's
3: yeah I I don't I don't know Wes
6: you is, 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 is
1: this why no, I have I, not been invited on the podcast <laughs> no, that's, that's because of Mark.
6: I think a little <laughs> less of you, but that's okay. That can be good. I've, wait, 30... wait,
1: I've been a Browns champion for many many years. Why have you not?
6: That's in the past.
5: You've started to use that tone with Mark, you know, ever since last night when you learned so much about him.
3: Before we started, Aditi Which said may may she's learned so much about Mark in the last two days, and she's not sure she likes. Well, what I, she's don't, I didn't. No, no,
1: no. I'm I don't not remember. Sure if that's a good or bad. i not. I don't.
3: Know, I
6: don't know what I shared with you, but I would be concerned about where 12 hours ago what I was sharing verbally.
3: I would be concerned. So.
1: Well, good to know. All right, that Aditi, that's fair.
3: Here we go. Let's get into it because, and, and that's a fascinating little nug. We call it on the show. A la ravil magnifico. When someone says something without uh, yeah. maybe even realizing, yeah. your husband, a lifelong Steelers fan, no longer interested in season tickets. No, and, no,
1: no, no, no. That's not. That's going but, a little too far. But
3: it, it, he's not happy with what he sees/slash hears from his wife. Now let's talk about reality, because Le'Veon Bell no longer with the team. Antonio Brown no longer with the team. Both of them had negative things to say about the quarterback on the way out the door. So let's start here, Big Ben. Do you sense he has an unusual place in his locker room compared to other franchise quarterbacks? Where his vibe is, where people view him, or is it just kind of blown up in Pittsburgh? Where do you come down on that?
1: This is so dicey because I have to go back into that city and into that locker room. They don't moment. listen to this show, <laughs> honey. You you have like five million followers in Scotland.
3: Dish, dish, <laughs> right. your, dish. What you know? No, we'll heavily redact it if necessary. But let's just have the conversation.
1: So. Every quarterback operates differently. Joe Flacco is a different personality than Tom Brady, who is a different personality than Eli Manning, who is a different personality than Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger has been the quarterback for 15 years or is entering his 15th year. The St- Pittsburgh Steelers organization is 100% unequivocally behind him. We heard Art Rooney say that. We heard my uh, Kevin Colbert say that. Kevin Colbert reiterated that yesterday when he said, this is a team that is completely comfortable with Ben Roethlisberger's style of leadership. question. Is he? different than other quarterbacks I have covered yes he is he is also brings different things to the field than others do the I think the at the end of the day the only thing that matters here is that Ben Roethlisberger answers to his bosses his bosses have absolutely no issue whatsoever with what he does how he operates how he leads And I asked Mike Tomlin not more than 30 minutes ago because we have talked so much this year about Ben Roethlisberger's radio show and how weekly this past year he went on the radio and was unbelievably frank in saying Antonio Brown should have run that route differently. Marquise Pouncey should have blocked that guy differently. James Washington needs to do this differently. Extremely frank. In putting all of that out there publicly And we've heard from many players Including Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell That that didn't necessarily sit well with them So I asked Mike Tomlin if he Has had any conversations with Ben About the way that he has publicly chosen to lead His style of leadership Or if he plans to And Mike Tomlin said no So at the end of the day It seems like sort of wasted energy For us to sit here and talk about it When his bosses don't really care
4: That was a yes
3: Fair enough I like that answer So he... If you're, Thanks, a, Chris. if you're a future Hall of Famer type, you, guy. can I interrupt yes. for a second?
1: I've learned a lot more about Chris over the last twelve hours too. Oh, tell us and, that, and that too. And I'm very happy with everything. Wait, why? Wow. Hold on. <laughs> what is the this now? Now I now I'm annoyed. But because go on. What go is on. it no, that I wanted to No,
6: it's... no, no. What is it that I shared with you that you <laughs> suddenly feel? Are you sure you a, want to ask
5: that question? <laughs> no, I will ask you later. But
6: like, so oh, Chris is amazing. He's marrying Lakeisha. Everything's so great. She has so many friends. It's like. I drop some sort of information
1: factoid on you? Not everything is amazing. Like, well, I'm not really happy about this whole idea that Ohio is the South.
6: That's Didn't, another well, part of Ohio. Just, but... just Cincinnati. Well, we're going to get to the... We'll get into this later. This off is this, fascinating. <laughs> this is...
3: I am... Mark is getting more home. and more upset with <laughs> each minute of this interview, and it's it's fun. All right. So...
6: Most- Mark has
1: everything to be happy about. Have you seen what the Browns have oh, done he's recently? Oh, a great place in
6: life. <laughs> if you did, you what if you were to ask Mike Tomlin, <laughs> would you demons. switch? Cleveland's roster with Pittsburgh's right now. What would he say, do you think?
1: He would not give an answer. He danced around. You know what? We've talked so much this offseason. Look, and here's another thing. From the from the beginning of the time that I have been associated with the NFL, that I've covered the NFL, people have talked about the Pittsburgh Steelers as one of your top 5 organizations. This is a club that just about every player in the league wants to play for. They have been. Right. And it it means something. It's it's a franchise that stands for something significant. Now, this past season all you're hearing sort of in the public chatter in the public sphere is that the Steelers are a circus that the Steelers are a laughing stock, that the Steelers have not fulfilled their potential that players want out of Pittsburgh I mean when was the last time that you heard players not only Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell but a guy like Morgan Burnett is demanding to get out so I said to Mike Tomlin how does any of that affect you does it In the sense that, do you feel that this organization that you feel so tied to, that you have such an affinity for, is being tarnished in some way? Mm. And he just was, again, very, you know, it's chatter. It's chatter. It's not, you know, like, they're Teflon. They're not letting them affect them. And what's interesting about that is sometimes when you keep hearing the same thing, do you need to take a minute and say, okay, this is out there. Should we kind of examine this? I mean, if all four people sitting here are saying you know, this thing about Mark Sessler is a little bit interesting. Mm. Should Mark kind of say, hmm, is it really interesting? Or should Mark say, I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. And I'm going to the, take the Tomlin
6: <laughs> you know, angle on this and not change anything at
1: Exactly. All and, and so design. that is exactly what's happening right now.
4: <laughs> it's funny, though, because they have that reputation. Yet, like, you know, Mike Tomlin's won three more playoff games, you know, in, in Antonio Brown's era than, than Mark has. I mean, it's like they have that <laughs> reputation as a I'm, as a top five team, but they they don't have the results under Mike Tomlin.
1: For a Craig while, and for a I know, and for arguably for five years running, they had a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback who is ostensibly a future Hall of Famer. Okay, the GM said that he's definitely sure. a future Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. You had arguably one of the top two receivers in the game, arguably one of the top two running backs in the game, arguably a top five offensive line, and you had a defense littered with first-round picks for five years. And the sum total of those five years was three playoff wins. I mean, is I it don't understand. before that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I just don't see how you don't feel that's an unbelievable waste of talent in some way. Do
3: you sense that in that building, like... First, the Le'Veon Bell drama, and then the Brown drama follows. And all of a sudden, and they still – you know that the James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster, and they still have players. And, and I think we're all in agreement, we've talked about this, that the Steelers are going to be a competitive team again next year, regardless of those superstars being gone. Uh, but does the organization – do you sense that we really let this get away? This might have been the greatest missed opportunity in the history of the franchise, what we had in five years, and we just couldn't get it done?
1: I don't think – I hear that from players. Yeah. But I also hear right now from players just a sense of relief because if there's anything the New England Patriots have shown the rest of the league over the last five years, it doesn't really matter what your star power is. It's far more about the buy-in. It's far more about everybody being willing to accept a role and work towards a common goal. And you look at that Patriots team, and this past year Rob Gronkowski was a shell of himself essentially. But, I mean, Tom Brady is the greatest of all time, but who else is really, truly a transcendent player? On that team and meanwhile the Steelers had all these transcendent players and couldn't do anything so and Mike Tomlin talked about that today too you know he reiterated a line that he said the at the end of the season we don't want hostages we want volunteers and he also said (laughs) it's really really important to get good guys who want to do what we want to do and check our boxes and if not then we'll just part ways and so maybe this is a recognition that the sum of the team is much greater than the individual parts. And while they had individual parts. No, but the last thing that that I would say is that I do believe that leadership fosters, I think, and this is something I talked about at length with John Harbaugh yesterday, and it's sort of a chicken and an egg thing, right? Do you get the right kind of guy and therefore you have the right personality team? Or do you get a guy and do you mold him into the kind of guy that you want? Or is it some sort of mix of that? And have the Steelers enabled and allowed guys to sort of turn into me, me, me guys. Because I'll tell you this, Antonio Brown was not anything like what he was this year. I mean, I mean he has. we have seen a personality change. The GM, mm. who
6: I like to call Kevin Colbois. Colbert. I know, but I don't agree with how he <laughs> I've never heard you name. say that before. I just feel that way about that? him. But, like, he's always like, oh, there's no drama. Like, we <laughs> disagree with the idea that there's drama. It's like, okay, but everyone on, watching Kev. the Steelers from the outside – feels the drama was the evil ingredient that separated star power from this roster
1: you, and you know what's so funny about that because i was listening back to so mike tomlin when he comes to the owners meetings does this little session with just local reporters and i have been invited to that the last two years humble which brag. was <laughs> no it was sort of, it's not even a humble brag it's just i'm lucky <laughs> and i am on tender hooks that it doesn't get taken away because of whatever we may happen to say in this podcast. But Fair. <laughs> last year, you know, it's sort of a free flowing. He's a little more relaxed. You know, we talk for about 20, 25 minutes, whatever. And it's a very small group and we sit around a table. So last year I said to him at the end of the, you know, session, I said, well, you know, next year I'd appreciate a little less drama. I'm not sure mm. I can take it. And he said back to me, I'm not worried about you. But I (laughs) foresaw this coming. I mean, a year ago, and I actively said at that time last year, less drama Mm. would be good this year. We only saw more drama. But now this year, here's the key. Doesn't more drama
6: mean more Aditi on television? Hmm.
1: I suppose, but you know what? Here's the truth about that. More this. stern
6: phone calls to husband. I'm about <laughs> to go on live. <laughs> Please stop calling me on multiple devices.
1: You know, guys, this is such a, uh, professionally speaking, it's great for us when there are things to talk about and when people are fascinated by whatever it is you are talking about. But I'll tell you very, very honestly, when I got it when I fell in love with this game when I fell in love with journalism when I got into this it wasn't stories like this that got me going and while sure in some ways this is nice for my career that people are fascinated by what I am talking about it's not any fun to talk about this who wants to talk about guys who miss walkthroughs it's all negative another great answer Aditi Wow. That's just I think idea. that's the only two they things Wesson <laughs> said in this <laughs> entire oh, Wes is just
6: that's building. Just building.
3: <laughs> I do have a question. Aditi and Wessa. Go ahead,
6: You Leslie. jealous? You jealous? <laughs> no, I just like, I, I can see where it's going. We, talk, <laughs> we talked about how the
5: players <laughs> felt about Ben Roethlisberger. How did the players feel about Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown by the end of the year?
1: I don't think, you know, at no point has anyone thought that Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown is a bad teammate or a bad guy to play with or not a hard worker. or Not to say that that's what they think of Ben. These are two separate questions. But uh, there's never been any negative thought. I think that what happened at the end with Antonio just became a little bit too ridiculous. And I think the team itself lost its appetite. With, the, well, with, all, with <laughs> yeah. the appetite for any of this, I mean, you heard Jesse James go to Detroit and he played for his hometown team, the Steelers. It was a dream, and he got to Detroit and he said, "You know what? It was just time to get away from the drama." And you have Ramon Foster, who's one of well, the leaders and, and of that the team. Offense. Paid
4: him way more money than the Steelers would have ever and paid. and had plans it's always to funny use when him. They make these well, comments.
1: and had plans to use him in a variety of ways that are greater than the way the Steelers used him. Sure, there are multiple reasons, but he still said that. You know, and It's the same thing that I would say to you, that being around all of that week in, week out, the constant, it's exhausting, it's tiring, mm. and there's not that lift of... There's an energy. Any reporter who regularly spends time in a locker room and tells you that he or she doesn't care if the team wins or loses is full of it because a winning locker room is always a better place to be. People are in a better mood. They're more gregarious. They have more time for you. The question asking is not so onerous. Mm. It's always better to be around a happy team.
3: Well, final question, because it kind of ties into what you're saying. You saw the storm clouds gathering Entering 2018, it played out that way.
1: If you look, no, abo- years ago, I saw this.
3: Years ago, <laughs> if you look, if you look above, where, where, <laughs> where's the Steelers' home base again? What's the address there? It's like one Steeler Drive or something. No,
1: it's uh, right Southwater Street.
3: All <laughs> right, you <If laughs> look above Southwater Street. Is that ruining complex, his narrative, basically? Yeah. yeah. What, <laughs> a little bit. what does the sky look like right now? I mean, there's a the, Clouds clearing with all uh, this bad energy, or is it okay?
1: I do think that it very much feels as if now it will still go on a little bit, and we were talking about that today. That this feels like the most exhausting season. Can we turn the page and move on? But until Ben Roethlisberger speaks, because as you referenced, Ben Roethlisberger has taken quite a beating on the national stage Mm. for his leadership, for his style, his personality. He will have a contract extension at some point. He will then have a press conference. He is bound to be asked about what Le'Veon and Antonio and et cetera have said. Until that is all addressed, I don't think that it's fully 100% page turned, but I definitely feel that the organization has had a weight lifted off its shoulders oh, wait. to some degree.
3: Do you have anything else to share about your encounters with uh, Mark and Wes before we say goodbye?
1: Well, I was just really desperately disappointed that you chose not to mm. break bread with us last night. How about
3: Well, tonight maybe we'll catch up.
1: That ah. could be fun. All right, good. We could potentially do that.
3: Took the night off. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. We could do that. that was, what about Greg? That was a soft is, is, no. is
1: Greg going to be social?
4: Well, they have the whole... Uh, is you know, Greg we're all going, going to the, be social? We're all social. going to the same party. The, uh, the little thing where the people walk around.
3: <laughs> the little thing <laughs> where... Greg, it's like, like, a, it's like yes. an alien trying to describe what a party is. <laughs>
4: It's like, like, hey. How would you describe it? It's like, hey, it's Bill Belichick (laughs) and Matt Patricia eating eating, uh, sushi. Well, you know what you missed
1: yesterday, Greg, is that it was indeed Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia sitting just a table away from us. And Mark was gathering courage to go talk to Bill Belichick about all the letters that he wrote him as a young man. (laughs) And I
6: was told by Lindsay Rhodes, like, no, like when the moment happens and suddenly you have a chance to meet your young hero – don't go pursue that person. Wait till later. It's like, okay, now that's not going to happen. So what? it's it bad he's like, advice. He's like, now I've, I've gathered
4: too no, much No, but courage. you know what? I'm talking <laughs> about
1: breaking people, destroying people's dreams. Yes. Yeah. So Uh-oh. when I was a young kid growing up in New Jersey, I was a massive Yankees fan. And I used to go to Yankee games and go, Mr. Mattingly, Mr. Mattingly, you know, because I wanted him to sign a ball. And then I grew up and I covered the Yankees and I'd be in the clubhouse with Don Mattingly. This who better was not be a, a, a negative instructor. Don Mattingly
3: story. I won't have it on this podcast.
1: <laughs> well, you know, one day I said to him because we became friendly. I said, you know, I used to be a kid who would say, Mr. Mattingly, Mr. Mattingly. And he's like, oh, and I definitely came and signed your ball. Right. And I said, no, never. Mm, Not once ever. (laughs) Wow. But I will leave you with this. Ricky Henderson, who was my all-time favorite player, I got to meet him as a writer, Mm. and he was tremendous. Like, I remember Mm. going home and being like, I got that one right. I got that one right. You
3: knew. Okay. Yeah. Unlike Mattingly. Donnie signed my ball. I (laughs) ran up to his car as it was leaving to get on the the Bronx River Parkway, and uh, he opened his window, and Kim, his then-wife, uh, it did not work out well. <laughs> um, but Kim was like, Donnie, come on, let's go. Let's go. He's like, no, I gotta, I gotta do this. Signed the ball. I said, you're my hero. And he's like, thanks, man. Rolled up the window, pulled onto the highway.
6: Onto the Bronx Expressway or whatever yeah. it's called. And yeah. he
1: never, I never spoke to him, clearly. He mm. never felt compelled. To I think it was Dan's hair,
6: ha- like the hair. Dan's you mean hair. Was like as a kid you had hair? Just,
3: I know, that would have been weird. I was probably wearing a Yankee hat at the time, but no. all right. it just happened (laughs) Uh, Aditi thank you so much for joining us follow Aditi on Twitter or don't uh,
6: so and, they, and maybe can I, can, before yes. we
1: end can I just say I really love Mark and of the four of you Mark yeah. was my friend first and yeah. we bonded over the Browns I've heard that about before, six or somewhere. seven years ago mm-hmm. and um, seems like the friendship is done. ending
3: first
4: as well
1: no this is all done just to poke fun <laughs> well, because I same. thought Mark could handle it but well, apparently it, if there's
4: anything that we've <laughs> known about Mark he handles poking fun great
6: I will handle it the way I'll handle it
3: of Walla, <laughs> <laughs> thank you
4: your thoughts on the Steelers, Greg, based on what Aditi said? I thought she had, you know, I mean, I wasn't as, you know, a kiss ass as Wes in terms of praising her, but they really were good answers. It, it, she was overdue to come come on the show, and said, uh, maybe we should, as maybe West? we should, maybe we should bend that rule. We're not really into phoners; we only want to do something in person. So that's why we don't have a lot of these reporters because they're not really here; right. they're off doing their thing. Uh, but I thought she provided a lot of good context. You could read between the lines with something. She towed the line with the Mattingly comments, and, and I'm still <laughs> deciding whether she'll be back on the show.
3: You could call me a
5: kiss-ass, but I I'm really appreciated kidding. how deep she was willing to think on these issues and consider it from multiple angles, gave nuanced answers. Very are right. right. Very deep, thoughtful answers.
3: All right. Good stuff. Um, great stuff, in fact. That's our Wednesday show. We'll be back on Friday um, <clears throat> with more action. It's going to be a wild show on Friday. We haven't planned it yet, but I feel like whatever we come up with, people are going to be happy.
4: It's our annual Bacchanalia episode <laughs> where just things get insane. <laughs> Not much clothes being worn, just it's wild.
3: It's just, Erica, you, you're you like Matt LaFleur in a way. This is all new to you. You've <laughs> never been a part of our Bacchanalia show. Uh, so get ready. <laughs> all right, that's it. This is Dan Hansis signing off for the mailman and the old boss and Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Thank you to everybody for listening. And come on back for the Bacchanalia. (laughs) Till Friday, pressure.